And I want to start off with a little story. There was a man one time that decided to go on a Holy Land trip, right? You've heard of the Holy Land trip. You go to Israel, you go look at all the sites, all the places where Jesus went. And, and so um, he went on the Holy Land trip with his family. And the, the problem was his wife wanted to bring along um, her mom. So the man, his wife, and his mother-in-law, they're on the Holy Land trip. And while they're on the Holy Land trip, looking at all the sites, looking at all the things... Um, his mother-in-law tragically and very quickly passed away. And so the coroner had to come and get the body, and so they take the body in, and, the, and um, the, the coroner came to the man. He said, sir, you only have a couple of real options here. We can, we can take the body, and we can ship it back to the United States, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you around $5,000 to do that. And he said, or you can have her buried right here in the Holy Land, um, it would be really cool to have her buried in Israel. You can make it a big deal, and it will only cost you about 150 bucks American dollars. And the man thought about it for a second. He thought about it for a second. He, he's sitting there, and he's pondering, and he says, you know what? Let's go ahead and ship her back to the United States. And the coroner said, sir, you, you do understand, $5,000 versus probably $150. He said, no, no, I, I totally understand. He said, but about 2,000 years ago, a man died and was buried here, and three days later, he rose from the dead, and I can't take that kind of chance. So... <laughs> So today, today, that was stupid, wasn't it? But you laughed. You laughed. You suckers laughed. And so if you laugh, then I get to tell more dumb jokes. Um, so today we are talking about the resurrection. As a matter of fact, the title of today's message is called Resurrection Power. And uh, before we get going, I want to tell one more quick story. Um, this one is a true story. The other one might be true, too. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Perry, if you ever schedule a trip to Israel with your mom, just know. Um, we're leaving, I mean, we're taking her home. So, um, so anyways, we went uh, one time when I was younger. So my family loves to hunt. We're very much outdoorsy people. Um, we love to hunt anything that moves, right? And so, um, and we're not afraid of roadkill. It, it wasn't too long ago, like maybe two years ago, um, we had a, a, I heard a crash in our front yard, and I knew someone had hit my mailbox, and I walked out there, and somebody had hit a deer in my front yard, and uh, we ate it. And so we're not afraid of that kind of stuff. Um, I was on a missions trip with our church one time when I was younger. My dad was a pastor. And we we're coming back from Atlanta. We hit a deer. And we hit that deer, and the deer died. And so we went running out. Like we said, stop the van. We went running out to the deer. And we got as much meat as we could salvage and brought it back on the van. And everybody was grossed out. Um, but we ate really good. We ate really good. So there's some of you right now, you're like, I'm never coming back to this church again. <laughs> That's okay. You know what I just thought of? One of you doggone singers stole my water. I just looked and my water is missing. And it was one of you. Was it Julianne? Did you do it? Nope, it's not that one. That one's empty. Don't bring me an empty water bottle. <laughs> I'm parched. I'm up here dying. It was Anna. That's who it was. It was Anna. It's always Anna. Now I got more water to know what to do with. I'm going to have to go to the bathroom in a minute. So anyways, so one day, one day my dad's driving down the road. And as he's driving down the road, a deer jumps out in front of him. And of course, he hits it with his truck. And the deer goes off onto the side of the road. And so my dad goes out there because meat, right? And so he goes out and he flips open his knife and he's going to get the meat. And um, he wasn't thinking, right? He wasn't thinking. And so he steps over the deer, some of you know what's going to happen, he steps over the deer to begin to cut the meat, and all of a sudden, the resurrection power hit that deer, and that deer stood up. Well, guess where dad's standing? 
He stood up, and so dad's in this field, somebody else's property, riding a deer, and then the deer finally gets away from him, and then dad shot him and took him home. So, um, but I just wanted to talk about, we got to get into the word, we got to get into the word, but I just wanted to tell you that resurrection power is for real, it's for real, and today I'm expecting God is going to do something in our lives. So last week... We talked about how um, we did a whole series. We ended last week on He Was. And we talked about Isaiah 53. And it talks about all the different things that the Bible says that Jesus was. It says, um, it says He was rejected. And we talked about how sometimes we feel rejected. We feel abandoned in life. And He knows exactly what we've gone through. Um, the Bible says that, that He took on our sins. And, and the Bible says He was beaten and He was crucified for us. And so we talked about last week, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a sacrifice for our sins? Well, today I want to talk about not what He was. I want to talk about what He is today. And so today we're talking about he is resurrected. He is risen. And, and, um, and so in Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. So this is, this is Paul, who's a follower of Christ, and he's writing to these, this church, this group of people, and, and he's telling them about life. And so here's the thing. There's been a lot of people, and you'll see this throughout the Bible, there are people that would say that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And so Paul is making a case to say not only did he die as a sacrifice for your sins, but he also rose again from the dead. And that's important for us to understand. And so, so Paul's talking to us about it. And here's one of the things Paul says. He begins to go through a list of all the good things he's done in life. He begins to go through a list of all the rituals and routines and traditions that he's lived through. And here's what he gets to in verse 7. It says, I once thought these things were valuable... But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Think about how powerful these words are that he's saying all the things I've done in my past, all the great things I've done, all the times I've tried to do better, all the times I've tried to, to make myself good, it's all garbage compared to knowing Christ. In verse 9, and become one with him, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law, rather I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Verse 10 is the key verse for today. I want you to get this. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience a resurrection from the dead. A couple of words we want to get in on today is the first word is the word experience. So just this part in your notes. I just want to help you understand whenever he talks about knowing or experiencing, he's not talking about head knowledge. He's talking about um, intimate knowledge, to be able to know, to be able to experience, to be able to feel the power that he's talking about. He says, I don't want to just know about Jesus. I don't want to just hear a story about how powerful he is. I want to experience for myself. Now, if anybody's ever wrestled before, anybody ever wrestled before? Maybe you've just wrestled your friend. Sean, you've wrestled before. Who'd you wrestle? Just kidding. Sean doesn't know. And so Sean wrestled a friend. If you've ever wrestled somebody, sometimes you look at somebody and you think, I bet I could take that guy. Right? Have you ever thought that before? Now, looking at me, you can tell I've never had that thought. But, but I look, you look at somebody, you think, I bet I could take that guy down. If I could just get my hands on him, I could take that guy down. And then all of a sudden, what happens? You get your hands on that person, or better yet, they put their hands on you. And you realize real quick, you are not prepared. 
for this fight. One time I was playing football in our front yard with my friends and their cousin. And their cousin was uh, two years older than me, but he was the same size as me. And so uh, we, were, we were playing football, and you know how things go with, with young boys, and they get into a tussle, and, and we begin to get into a fight, and we you know, throw a football at each other, and all of a sudden it goes to the ground, and, and we get down on the ground, and I'm, I jumped on him first, and I'm, I'm hitting him, and I'm, I'm wrestling him. I got him in a headlock, and then all of a sudden he said these magical words. He said, now it's my turn. <laughs> and at that moment, I realized real quick I was not prepared for that fight. I was about to experience his power in a real way. And with my face being smashed into the grass over and over and over again, I thought, I have just experienced the power of a stronger person. That's the thing that Paul says. He says, I want to know his power. I want to be face to face with his power. I want to feel his power. I don't want to just hear stories about it. I want to know it. And then he talks about power, and, 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 and here's the thing about power. He says, I want to experience the power of his resurrection. Paul was tired of the rituals and the routines. He wanted something real. He was tired of just coming to church and getting a, getting a sermon and singing some songs. He wanted something real. Now, I don't know about you, but, but it, this morning during worship, and, and we told the team this today, I said, you've got to just worship God. Whenever you're on that stage, you've got to just let go. Whatever you've got inside of you, you've got to allow the Spirit of God, the power of God to move through you. And I don't know about you, but I felt it. Today I experienced God in worship. But what happens so many times is we go to church and we expect a concert. Y'all sing and do your part and get us to the message where we can hear something that might help us in our life. Give me a little motivational speech and let me go home and eat some lunch. Paul said, I'm tired of all that mess. I'm tired of all that mess. That's have served its, its time, but it's not for me. He said, I want something real. I want something powerful. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, Paul says, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. The word power is all throughout the Bible. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I remember when my son Gabriel played upward basketball. And if you've ever been around, if you've ever been to an upward basketball game, um, we also played upward soccer. We did a lot of upward when he was little, right? It was a lot cheaper, and you only had one practice a week. And I was like, this is easy. I like this. And so we took him, he played upward. And I remember playing upward soccer one time, and I remember as he was playing, um, they didn't keep score. In upward, you don't keep score, so you don't know who wins and who loses. And, and it frustrated Gabriel because he's like his mama, and he's extremely competitive in everything, in everything. And so now I've got two of them living with me, right? And so Gabriel's extremely competitive. And I remember he would come to the sideline and, and, and we would be, you know, scoring goals and that kind of stuff. And he would come over to the sideline. And he'd say, Dad, we're winning seven to two. And I'm like, okay, son. You know, he's like, he's like I got to know the score. Like, I, he's keeping track of the score the whole time. And he'd come over, and the other team's like, you know, they're all playing without scores so they can keep their feelings from getting hurt. And Gabriel's telling them all, we're beating you. You know, it's, he loves the competition side of it. And we would go play upward basketball. And upward basketball, you had these little wristbands that you had to wear. And, and only the red wristband could guard the other red wristband. 
And I didn't know that my first time coaching, so I'm putting all my best players on all the other people. I was like, I don't care what color wristband they got on. That's stupid. Go guard that guy. You know, block him. And so, so I got in trouble. But, but the point was it, was, it was like basketball. It was like soccer, but it wasn't the real thing. And I remember Gabriel telling me, I want to play real basketball. I want to play real football. I want to play real soccer. I want to play where they keep score. I want to play where I know who wins. I want to play where I can guard anybody. I want to play real And what Paul's saying here is he says, I'm tired of doing upward church. I'm tired of doing upward church. I'm tired of doing this thing where we're not keeping a score and and it's just patty cake and everybody feels good and we don't want anybody's feelings to get hurt. I'm tired of doing that. I want something real. I want something powerful because the kingdom of God isn't about talking. It's about power. So today I want to talk about resurrection power because that's what Paul wanted. He said, I want to experience the same power that raised Christ from the dead. I want to experience that for myself. So today I want to tell you four quick things that His power gives us. Four things His power gives us. The first thing His resurrection power gives us is it gives me freedom from sin. In Romans chapter 4, verse 25, it says, He was handed over to die because of our sins. He was raised to life to make us right with God. In the Amplified Version, which, which is just a, a version of the Bible that, that kind of takes all the versions and puts them together. It, here's what it says. It says, He was betrayed and crucified because of our sins and was raised from the dead because of our justification, which means our acquittal, absolving us of all sin before God. Here's the thing you've got to understand today. Every one of us, we said this last week, we're all sinners. We've all done wrong. We've all missed the mark. We've all done that. So somebody had to pay the price for that sin. And we read last week where the Bible says, if you sin, the way to get clean from that sin is something's got to die. And in the Bible, they would sacrifice animals and they would sacrifice lambs and goats and pigeons and doves. And and they would kill all these animals to try to get free from their sin. But Jesus came to be the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice for our sins so we don't have to kill all the animals anymore. But then the cool thing is he was also raised to life to break the power of that sin that was on us. And if it wasn't for him being raised to life, None of that would have worked. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 4, and, it was, and he was shown or proven to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. When he was raised from the dead, it proved once and for all that he was the ultimate sacrifice. See, it's fine that he dies for our sins, but if he stays in the ground, then we've got to kill somebody else later. If he stays in the ground, we've got we to gotta keep killing folks to get clean from our sin. If he stays in the ground, we've got to keep killing animals to get cleansed from our sins. But because he rose from the dead, he broke the power that sin holds on our lives. And you may say, yeah, but Gabriel, I still struggle with sin sometimes. You might because we keep going back to it. Right? We keep going back to it, but the fact is we don't have to. The fact is he broke the power, the authority of sin that holds over our life. So now we can walk in freedom. Paul, what did Paul say? Paul said, it's not about living, it's not about words, it's about living in the power. Right? So there's this, there's this place where we get freedom. We were singing that song this morning and, and um, Anna was singing about, he sent the darkness running out of an empty tomb. 
And I couldn't help it, man, whenever she started singing that song. I don't, I don't do a lot of crying, but boy, I started getting kind of choked up. You know, I was like, man, that's good. Because here's what I started thinking. I kind of started getting mad about all the darkness that we walk into this place with. I, I kind of started getting a little bit upset that so many people walk into this house and they walk in stuck in darkness. They walk in stuck in sin. They walk in stuck in fear. They walk in stuck in timidity. They walk in stuck in addiction. And they've got these issues and problems all of us do. And we walk in with this little bit of darkness. But I'm so thankful that the Bible says that he breaks the darkness. That when the light shows up, the darkness has to flee. And today, whenever we see this, that he rose from the dead, it's not just good enough that he died. He had to come back to life. And when he rose from the dead... He sets us free because he's the ultimate sacrifice. The second thing that, that the resurrection power of Christ gives me is it gives me hope for my future. It gives me hope for my future. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. So this is Peter, another one of Jesus' disciples. He's writing a letter to teach people. And here's what he says. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we've been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Why have you been born again? You've been born again because Jesus was raised from the dead. Now we live with great expectation or hope. And we have, this, we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. Here's the thing that he gives us. He gives us hope for a future because he died and rose again because he was resurrected. That same power that raised him from the dead gives me hope because I know I can go to heaven. I know that if I've accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, I know that I've got heaven waiting on me. So it doesn't matter what kind of trial I go through. It doesn't matter what kind of issue is going on. I've got this hope waiting on me on the other side. And so I know I can make it. The other day we were, we were at the gym and we were working out and a friend of mine and I were working out and it was a 40 minute workout. And, and if, you don't, if you don't ever work out, then 40 minutes may not be that big a deal to you. But to me, it was terrible, right? Like 40 minutes feels like a long time. And so you get into it and you're working hard and you're dying and you're sweating and a little bit of your soul is on the floor, right? And then, and then the coach calls out, You've been working for 10 minutes. And you're just like, oh, that's it. You know, just I'm ready to go home. You know, I'm ready to be done. They said, you got to go run 400 meters. And I thought I might just run home. Like it's only three miles. I can run three miles and still be done before the 40 minutes is up. And so, and so I was just dying. And, but there was something about it. And then there was like, you're halfway there. And I'm like, oh, this is horrible. This is horrible. And then they're like, you've got 10 minutes to go. And I'm thinking 10 minutes is such a long time. But then all of a sudden they said five more minutes. And I was like, oh, there's hope. There's hope. I've only got five minutes. I can make it. I can, I can do anything for five minutes. It's just five more minutes. I'm okay. There was this hope that gave me strength to keep going. Whenever, whenever we're facing death, we can have hope. When we're facing death, we can have hope. Here, here's the thing. I, I've, I've mentioned this before, but since there's so many new people, I like to be able to tell my old stories over and over again. But I remember um, whenever, whenever Emma was, uh, when Gabriel was little and Emma was, uh, Perry was pregnant with Emma. I keep wanting to say Emma was pregnant with Perry. That, that would not have worked. <laughs> That's odd. When Perry was pregnant with our second child, 
um, they found a mass on my heart. It was about the size of a golf ball. And so uh, we didn't understand what was going on. We didn't know what the mass was. We didn't know what it was doing. But um, for whatever reason, it was on a nerve. And so you have this nerve that runs um, from your brain. Obviously, they all do. And it runs all the way down through the middle of your body and down in through your legs. And this nerve, this mass was on that nerve. And, and I had a stomach virus, and so I'd been throwing up over and over, and it would make this mass hit that nerve over and over and over. And so I'm laying in a hospital bed, and I think I'm having a heart attack. And the doctors don't know what's happening, but because the mass was on my heart and it's hitting a nerve, all this pain just began to radiate from my chest. And I remember laying there, and I was so scared, and I was so worried, and, 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 and I had this pain happening, and I think, this is it, I'm dying. And as I'm laying in the hospital bed, all of a sudden, this peace came over me. And the peace was, I've got heaven on the other side of whatever's about to happen to me. Now, I know that sounds morbid to be thinking that way. But, but it, it, it began to help me to calm down. Why? Because I had hope. I thought, you know what? Even if this takes me out, I'm okay. Because I've got heaven. I've got heaven. I've got hope. The third thing it does, and it's similar to what I just said, is it gives me boldness. And I wrote in your notes, boldness to face any trial, but really it's boldness to face death. If, if I were really going to rewrite this, I would write boldness to face death. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55, it says, Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Death is inevitable, right? Like the Bible even says everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. Every religion in the world tries to figure out death. Like every one of them. Even certain um, factions of the same religion have tried to figure out death in different ways. Some factions of Christianity have, have said, well, maybe death isn't the end. And maybe, maybe we, can, we can pay. The Catholic Church back in the Middle Ages said, you know what? Just because your father died, don't worry about it. He may not be in hell. He might be in purgatory. And if you give us some more money, we'll push him on up, right? If you, if you go to some religions, they're going to tell you that whenever you die, you're going to come right back as something else. But it just depends on how you lived your life beforehand. Every time people try to figure out death, they're trying to figure out a way that we can control death. Can I tell you something? You cannot control death. You can't control it. It's inevitable. You can't control it. I was listening to this old preacher. He's, he's passed away now, and he was from the Bahamas. And, and uh, he, said, he said every um, person from the Bahamas, from a certain generation, um, he said, you know what, when we would go to graveyards, he said our parents would tell us, don't step over the grave. You've got to walk between them, but you never step over the grave. He said, if you step over the grave, your feet will rot off. That's what the parents used to tell the kids. And they said, and, and I don't know how to fix that part, because the next part they did have something else. They said, and don't ever point at a grave. If you ever point at a grave, then your finger will begin to rot off, and you've got to spit on it and hold it up to the sky and let the wind dry it out to keep your finger from falling off. Death is something we're consumed with sometimes. We're consumed with understanding it. We're consumed with fixing it. We're consumed with controlling it. But the Bible says I can't control death. Paul says it's appointed unto man once to die. Every one of us is going to die at some point. But for the Christian, death doesn't have to be feared. Because when Jesus rose from the dead and gave us hope, now there's no sting to death. There's no sting to death. Philippians 
1, uh, 20 and 21, it says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. Whenever, I'm, whenever he rose from the dead, the resurrection power of Christ gives me boldness to face death. Because all i got to do is look at the enemy and say, what's the worst you can do to me? The worst you can do to me is kill me, and all you're doing there is punching my ticket to heaven. Because I've already got a hope. The worst you can do is kill my body, and my spirit is with the one I love. So there's nothing you can do to me. There is no fear in facing death anymore. Why? Because I have the resurrection power of Christ, which gives me the boldness to face death. Why? Because death has no sting because of what Jesus did. The last thing it does is it gives me life for today. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in heaven, which is good. We need to have hope. We need to have hope. We need to understand that death is coming, but we can have hope beyond that. We can have life beyond that. We need that. But here's the thing. Sometimes if we get too caught up in just heaven and out there, and someday, one day, we forget that we got to live a life today right here. And his power gives me power, gives me life for today. Romans 8, 11, this is one of my favorite verses. It says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. So not only does the resurrection and power of Christ give me life after death, but it gives me life right now. Jonathan sang a song earlier and he talked about a bag of bones. I love that line. I think it's funny, first of all. But I just love that line because... How many times do we walk in, sometimes we just feel like a bag of bones. Like, like, how many times have we gone through life and you just feel like everything has fallen apart? And you're going through life and you just feel like everything I touch dies, right? Like, you've had those days, you've had those weeks. For some people, we've had those years where it's just like nothing works. My relationships are falling apart. My jobs are falling apart. My, my relationship with God is falling apart. Like, nothing is working the way I thought it was going to work. I feel like a bag of bones. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a prophet and, and the prophet Ezekiel. And he goes out and he has this vision. And in the vision, he goes out to basically, it's like a graveyard. It's just a field full of bones. And God asks Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel, being a man of God, says, you're the only one that knows. <laughs> I have no idea. And God says they can live. And sometimes we come into life and we, we come into church or we go, in, we go home and we just feel like that valley of dry bones. And you're like, man, everything just feels like a bunch of skeletons, like there's no life. I feel hopeless. Jesus was killed on a Friday, buried and stuck in a tomb all day on Saturday. And there may be some of you that came in today and you're like, I feel like I've been beaten and buried. I feel like I've been, I've been stuck in the ground. I feel like my life has been shoved aside. I feel like everything is falling apart and nothing's working. So God says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel is like, only you know, Lord. And God said, Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones. 
Ezekiel began to speak life to the bones, and when he did, he said there was a rattling of bones, and all the bones began to stick back together in his vision. And then the bones begin to have flesh and blood, and, but they were still dead. They were still just laying there. And sometimes that's what happens to us. We talked about all the rituals and the routines that Paul rejected. What we do sometimes is we try to fix all these skeletons in our life. And the way we try to fix them is if I just go to church every week, then I'll, I'll be okay. If I just read my Bible and check off that list, then I'll be okay. If I just give some money to charities, then I'll be okay. And we're putting a bunch of flesh on dead bones. But the bodies are still just laying on the ground. It's not until Ezekiel, the Bible says, speak to the wind or the breath. It says the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the death, dead, is, it can make our bodies be alive too. The same Spirit breathed into those dead bodies that were just laying on the ground. And the Bible says they stood up as a mighty army. I love the fact that they stood up as a mighty army because they stood up with purpose. Sometimes we feel like we don't have any purpose. We feel like a bunch of dead, dry bones. We feel like we're stuck in the grave, right? We're just like Jesus, beaten and bruised and buried. Like, that's where we feel our life has gone. But here's the thing. There's a spirit that raised Christ from the dead that can bring life back to your body. And not just to your body, but to your life. To your relationships, to your walk with Christ, to your job, to your purpose, to your destiny. He can raise you up like a mighty army that's got a purpose and a focus and somewhere to go and something to do. That's what he wants to do in us today. That's what he wants to do in you today. And it doesn't matter all the stuff you want to do to try to make it right. It's not until that same spirit touches you, that same resurrection power. So how do I get that? Well, we go back to Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Paul says this, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. If you don't know Him, you will never know His power. If you don't know Him, I'm not saying know about Him. I'm not saying have knowledge of him. I'm not saying have some information about him. If you don't know him on an intimate, real level, if you don't experience Christ, then you'll never experience his power. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus, one of his best friends died and is buried, and they want him to come raise him from the dead. And this... The sister of the, of the friend says, I know one day that in the end all the dead will rise and go to heaven. And Jesus says, whoa, whoa, whoa. He looks at her in verse 25 and says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Nothing compares to knowing Jesus Christ. It's all garbage. Until we know him in an intimate, face-to-face relationship. Why don't you stand up with me this morning? I know there's some of you in the room today. There's some of you, you've heard this story a million times. You've heard the story of Jesus a million times. And for you today, here's the one thing I want you to leave with. Don't let this story just be one of those things that you've seen so many times that it doesn't mean anything to you. 
I like the video we showed earlier. It says that we are Easter people. In other words, we live Easter every day. I want his resurrection power to be part of my everyday life. I don't want it once a year. I don't want it once a week. I want it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. I want every day when I wake up to experience his power living in me and working through me. So I encourage you today. It, it, Dad, I can't believe you said this is your 70th Easter. And probably the first one you haven't preached in who knows when, right? Y'all know what that means, right? He's closing out the message today, so he's going to come up. He'll probably preach a whole other message. But here's the thing. 70 Easter's. 70 Easter's. If he's not careful, over the time, 70 Easter's, Easter could mean nothing to him. But it doesn't. Why? Because he chooses to make Easter real every single day of his life. Every single day, Easter becomes real to him. He experiences the resurrection power of Christ. Now, there's some of you in the room today, you may have never heard this story before. For some of you, this is foreign. It's not, it's not what you're used to. And I want to tell you today, here's what the Bible says. Jesus looked at some, some men one time, and they didn't understand all the stuff he was talking about. They didn't get everything that he was, he was saying. They weren't always picking up what he was putting down. You, you see what I'm saying? But here's what, they, what Jesus told them. He said, just come and see. Don't be afraid. Don't walk away. Just come and see. If you'll just come and see, if you'll just try me out, if you'll just hang out with me for an hour, I will do something powerful in your life. And here's what God is saying to some of you today. If you don't know this story and you're saying, Gabriel, I don't understand who Jesus is. Why did he die? What is sin? That may be you this morning. Can I just tell you, come and see. Come and see. We were, there's a, there's a movie um, that we were watching, I was watching this interview with, uh, with a pastor from Iran. And this guy in Iran, he was telling, I may have shared this before, but he was telling this story of how there are these Muslims, and they don't know anything about Jesus, had never heard of who Jesus was. But when they went to sleep at night, they were having dreams about a man named Jesus that would save them from their sins. And they didn't know what it was about. And they just knew in their dream that word, that name, Jesus, meant something. And, and so they would go about their day because in Iran, it's illegal to be a Christian. They will torture you and, and, and kill you if you're a Christian. And so this man who's a pastor and he's got these Christians that are underground in their secret. And they would walk up to people and they would just mention the name Jesus. And as they would, these people would begin to burst into tears. Because they had already heard the story in their dreams. Can I tell you something? I believe God can speak to you in a way that no one else can. I believe there's some of us that God can speak to you outside of what I'm saying right now, outside of what this building is, outside of what your friends say. I believe if you ask him, he will speak to you. The Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me. He didn't say that was exclusive for Jews or exclusive for Christians. He said that to anybody. If you seek me, you will find me, even if it's in your dreams. I want everybody to bow your heads with me this morning. Close your eyes. There's nothing spiritual or magic about closing your eyes, bowing your heads. I just need you to get alone for just a minute. I need you to get focused for just a minute. I need you to consider today 
Am I living in the resurrection power of Christ? Am I walking in that power or am I just walking in rituals and routines? Has my life become an upward basketball game where it doesn't really mean anything? It's just a lot of movement. That's my first call today. My first call is for those of you that say, I want to experience his power. I want real Christianity. I don't want to play games anymore. My second call is for those of you that say, I need to know Jesus in a real way. I know about him. I've heard the name. I've heard the stories. But I don't know him. I don't have a relationship with him. I'm not living for him. My life is still wrapped up in sin. That power of sin is still very relevant to me. It's not broken in me. And today I'm struggling because I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's my second call. That's my second call. And my third call is for those that say, I just don't feel like I have any hope. I feel like I've been bruised and beaten. And everything feels buried. Everything feels the weight of the dirt piling in on top of me. And I need his resurrection power just to give me hope, give me boldness, and give me life today. Any of those three calls today, here's what I want you to do. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything weird. I just want you to shoot your hand up in the air. If that applies, if any of those three things apply to you today, just shoot your hand up in the air. Let me see who needs prayer today. Yes, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, right now we pray. And you can pray with me, folks. You don't have to pray by yourself. You can pray with me. God, today we pray and we ask for your power. We ask for your resurrection power to operate in our lives. God, we are tired today. We're tired of playing church. We're tired of playing Christianity. God, we're tired of this upward, don't keep a score, everybody feel good kind of walk. We want real power. We want something that will change us. We want something that will move us. We want something that will propel us and give us hope. So God, today we ask to experience you in a real way. God, for some of us today, we feel bruised and beaten and buried. And we feel like life is kind of falling apart. We feel like a bunch of dead, dry bones. But God, today we ask for your power to fill us with life. To fill us with life. Let your spirit move in us, God, and through us. So God, today we just ask for life from your spirit. Peter said, if we want to be born again, that that we believe, we repent. He said, we get baptized, but he said, receive the spirit. What spirit? The same spirit that brought life to Jesus can bring life to our mortal bodies. And then third, God, today we come to you and we just ask you to forgive us of our sins. Today, we want you to be Lord of our life. To be Lord means that you lead us and guide us. To be Lord means I give up my rights. To be Lord means I lay down my life at your feet. That I want you to lead me. I'm tired of leading myself. Today we believe that you died as a sacrifice for our sins. Because sin had to be atoned for. Sin had to be covered by death. And you did that. But you also rose from the grave to break the power of sin so I don't have to walk in it every single day. I can walk in freedom and I can walk in life and I can walk in power. So God, today we give you our hearts and we give you our lives and we ask you to forgive our sins. Cleanse us from anything that we've done. God, dig down deep into our lives. We open up our hearts to you today. 
find anything that's not of you, anything that's not right, God, I pray that you would expose it to us so that we can deal with it. We love you so much, and we give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.